and great leaders who get it today understand their job is to make everything better for all of the five constituencies they serve. Episode 172, six tips for getting the people who can make or break you on your side. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers with 1.3 million listens and downloads and growing every week. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. His name is Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, great to be with you today. Uh, Dale, it is great to be with you. And before we begin... I have to tell you, I have to tell everyone uh, that last weekend, Dale posted a picture of himself on Facebook, and I, I knew that Dale had won a license to go hunting for antelope up in Idaho, and he told me he the season has not started yet, but he was just going to go out and scout for the weekend and test all of his gear and equipment, and he posted this picture, and I told him, I immediately thought of Nick Adams in Hemingway's Two-Hearted River, I immediately thought of Teddy Roosevelt's account of his... Uh, uh, safaris through Africa. Uh, I mean, the, the setup was beautiful. And, and I, I, I looked at the photo. I liked it. I think I made a comment. And I smiled to myself and I thought, wow, Dale likes toys. So why don't you take a minute and tell everybody about your, your camp getup for going solo antelope hunting? I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I, I'd love to be there. Uh, so yeah, without sounding like a commercial, I have a tent that is custom made for the back of the pickup. So it fits on top of the bed. So you don't sleep on the ground. You're sleeping in the pickup bed. That was, that was probably toy number one that I was most excited about. Um, because yeah, getting up in age, I have my cot and, uh, you know, you, you like to have the creature comforts of home. So yes. that was number one. I've got us, uh, it's this unique high tech fire pit. It's yes. stainless steel and it has, uh, it breathes. So it burns very efficiently and it, it creates this beautiful fire. And then the, I think the most striking thing was the sunset though, because yes. there was a, we're still at the recording of this where our hearts go out to California. Uh, the fires in California um, are just, have just ravaged the area and we're getting that smoke, but it was the smoke in the sky and the clouds that created this deep orange sunset that was absolutely breathtaking to see, which was really the, the focal point of the picture for me. It was amazing. It was, yeah, but man, I love, but I loved your camp table. I loved your chair. And I, 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 I think uh, my post uh, was uh, the only thing missing is a, is a tin cup with a couple of inches of blackjack Daniels in it. Did you do that? Yeah. I had my scotch and I had a cigar while I sat there and enjoyed the sunset and the campfire. And it was, it was one of those epic nights. It was, it was beautiful. A boy and his toys. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit envious. All right. So I guess we better jump into it, right? Yeah. But before I hit record, you said you had a story that you wanted to share with the listeners before we dive into this whole idea, or maybe it sets up the idea of getting the people who can make or break you on your side. Yeah, I don't know how often something happens to you that uh, just sticks with you and and you just never shake off and it has a momentous impact on you for and, and will for the rest of your life. And so when I was starting to prepare uh, for this podcast and, and trying to come up with a topic, I was paging through uh, the book, The Reinventors, that I wrote, and I came to a page and I, I immediately 
knew it was something we had not talked about before. And it brought me back to a story. And there are actually two stories. Uh, and I'll tell them very quickly. The first occurred to me in Australia, where uh, I, I think I've mentioned before, I've commuted more than, I think it's 89 times uh, over the years on business. And there was a, there was a large retailer. And I had never met this man uh, and the woman, uh, his assistant. Uh, but everybody said, we're going to set up a meeting with you and this guy uh, sometime when you're here. And it was large enough that I wanted to meet him. I always love to collect stories. And so on a Friday afternoon, I mean, it was all set up. And a couple of uh, people bring me into this meeting and we go in. And it's about 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And this man who owns the company and his top assistant, and I think she might be his wife, I'm not, I'm not sure, um, are drinking champagne. And they're laughing and giggling and carrying on. And they said, come on in, join us in having some champagne. And so I said, well, what's the celebration? And they said, you know, we just ran another one of our suppliers out of business. And I said, what, what, what do you mean? And they said, you know, we've had this one mattress supplier for the past several years. And, I mean, we've screwed him down as far as you can screw anybody. I mean, we've made more money off selling his product. And we, we got him down so low that he just went bankrupt. And have you ever met people who you just want to remove yourself from and take a bath with Lysol? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm right there with you in this story. Oh, my Lord. I mean, I I just, I mean, it was, uh, the rest of the meeting was not fun. It was very, very awkward. I did not want to be there. I, I don't want to associate with people uh, like that. And, and the other one occurred uh, a few years ago uh, when a man hired me to bring me in for his leadership team into New York and a uh, great guy. And his company had been around for like 100 years. It originally began as like a carpet store, Oriental Carpets, and then wall-to-wall -wall carpets when they came in. And over the years, it had morphed many, many times. <clears throat> and the firm's specialty is actually uh, doing floors in retail organizations uh, 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 all around the world. So if a, uh, if a new store is being built, they'll go in and do the floors. And it might be tile, it might be glass, it might be wood, it might be carpet, it might be all kinds of things. And they're a big player in that space. And they primarily work, their customers are the big chains who are opening new locations. So whether it's a, a Best Buy opening up or if it's a Lowe's opening up, whoever it might happen to be, this is the type of customer that they work for. Uh, very, very successful. And I'll call the guy Rich, uh, only because that's his real name. And, uh, and he's a great guy. And so, um, so he had seen me speak at an event, hired me, and I went out to be with his leadership team one afternoon. And during one of the breaks, uh, I, I asked him, I said, now, tell me about this company. And I won't mention this name because they're still around and struggling. And he said, oh, my God. He said they're horrible to deal with. He said uh, they don't pay their bills. Uh, I mean, they can't make up their mind. They, they, um, they're, they're just, we work with them, but we don't enjoy working with them at all. And so then I said, well, what about Circuit City? And he said, now, they are bastards. They are the worst people on the planet. And he said, mark my words, someday they're going to go bankrupt. And of course, they did. And that story had an impact on me because how would you like to have your vendors and suppliers going around calling you bastards and telling people that they hate working for you and they don't want to work with you? Um, and, and so when I was putting together the idea for this podcast, I, I kept thinking to myself, you know, we go out of our way 
to uh, please and exceed the expectation of the customer, because we understand that if we don't, uh, they're eventually going to leave us and we will ultimately fail. So we pay a lot of attention to the customer. We pay a lot of attention today to our employees. We didn't for a long time, but everybody I know gets an employee engagement score several times a year, and they work to improve those scores because they know if employees are, are not happy, uh, they're going to go someplace else. And, uh, and that's, that's very difficult for any business. But really, nobody pays a lot of attention to keeping vendors and suppliers pleased and happy and on board and as an integral part of the business. And so that's what I thought we would talk about today. And as I was preparing some of the ideas, uh, the story of Australia and the story of Rich and Circuit City came back vivid and alive for me. And I wanted to begin with those stories. So uh, I would begin uh, with this premise that truly great leaders who get it work to improve everything for everyone including vendors and suppliers. In fact, as I end every speech I do around the world, I talk about how great leaders understand they have five constituencies. They have the employees of the workforce or the associates. That's number one. They have the customers. They have the vendors and suppliers. They have the shareholder or the owner, and they have the planet. And great leaders who get it today understand their job is to make everything better for all of the five constituencies they serve. So here are a few of the benefits of getting along with your vendors, treating your vendors well, getting your vendors on your side. Number one, ultimately, you're going to get reduced costs. You're going to get favorable treatment. Number two, you're going to get better communication and efficiency the longer and more you work with someone on a fair and square way. You're going to get continued improvement all the time because of vendor suggestions. You'll be able to make things happen faster, and you'll also end up with a lot of supplier-led innovation where your actual suppliers and vendors will say, you know, have you ever thought about taking this away or adding that? And we might find some efficiencies there. So I think the benefits we don't need to talk about. The how to do it, I think, is what we need to talk about. And, uh, and so there are six things I want to share with you today on how to create powerful relationships, win-win relationships with your vendors. Number one. Don't negotiate price just to negotiate price and just to try to get a lower price and have people go broke as they did in Australia. Negotiate prices that allow for everyone to be profitable. And can I give you an example of this, a quick one? Please, please. Okay. So I was in the market for a brand new sports car. And so uh, walk into the dealership before I land in the car, somebody's landed on me. And so I pretty much decide that this is the model of the car I want to make. And so you know the story. You go in, there's an opening price, and then you're supposed to negotiate, and then they have to go and talk to their boss, and they come back with another price, and they got to go and talk to their boss again. I, I'm, I, I don't play that game. I, I just, I don't go there. And so I, uh, I said, can you get your sales manager over here for a second? And the sales manager came over and I said, look, here's my deal. Uh, I can be out of here in five minutes and we can have a deal. Uh, but I don't want you to hose me and I don't want to hose you. I want everybody to make a fair profit. So I'll tell you what. I know that on every dealer's financial statement, they will have a year to date 
average gross profit by model and by make and by new and by used. So if you will show me what your average gross profit has been on this model average year to date, and then adjust the price accordingly, that's the price I will pay. I will either have a deal or no deal. And they said, well, you'd really do that? And I said, yeah, you have to show me. So the guy goes and gets, because financial statements are every place in a dealership, and he goes and gets it, brings it, and he said, for your model, here's our average gross profit year to date. I said, okay, so if we take your your manufacturer's suggested retail price that's on the window, and you adjust it for this average uh, uh, selling price, this average gross profit, not including finance and insurance, because I'm not doing any of that, I said, what would the price be? And he ran the numbers. And he said, well, we'd get you out of the door for about $5,800 less than the, than the price we were talking about. And I said, and you'd be happy? He said, we'd be delighted. And I said, you know what? I'd be happy too. So um, I, I think what you, you, you have to negotiate price, but you want to negotiate price for a position where everybody needs to be profitable. And uh, I think a, a fair negotiating tool to ask someone is if I buy what you're suggesting I buy, what is your profit margin going to be? Because everybody needs to make a profit. If your profit margin is going to be higher than mine, uh, that I'm allowed to make here, that's probably not going to work for me because I'm getting hosed a little bit. And so negotiate prices that allow for everyone to be profitable. Uh, otherwise, they're not going to exist. Number two, the big killer, pay on time. If you've agreed to pay within 15, date of rec- 15 days of receipt of invoice, make sure that payment is made on the 15th. Nobody wants to have a bad rap of, well, yeah, we work with them, but you know, they don't pay their bills on time. Who wants to get that reputation? Why would you ever want your vendors and suppliers out talking and they all talk yak, 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 yak. Everybody talks all the time. I do, you do, everybody does. That's what we're doing right here. I mean, why would you ever want anybody out there saying, well, I mean, they're okay, but they never pay their bills. I mean, I wouldn't want to have that hanging around my head side. Number three, never pull the rug out from anyone. And I need to illustrate this one with a quick story. This happened to me last year. Um, I was on the road. I had done a speech. I was flying up to Boston. I had another speech. I think I had a day in between. And I was so excited because I was giving the speech to a company that sells, manufactures and sells a product that I love and is an integral part of my everyday life. And so I think I was in Florida uh, on the on the previous speech, and I get this urgent call from the CEO. And I said, how are you? What can I do? And he said, listen, we got a problem. So they were bringing in their top 500 vendors and suppliers from around the world. It's a worldwide company. And so it was a vendor and supply and supply chain conference. But these were the CEOs, the heads of all of their, their suppliers. And he said, well, he said, you know, we've, we've had new owners or we have new owners that sell closed a couple of weeks ago. And he said, we just got news that we are moving to, and I'll explain it, we are moving to vendor financing. And he said, let me tell you what this means to you. The person speaking before you is going to be the CFO. And the CFO is going to be telling the heads of all of our vendors and suppliers that we are moving to paying our invoices in 180 days. 
Wow. That'll put some small businesses out of business. Well, imagine because listen, uh, because small business can't deal with it. A small business can't, can't wait six months to be paid. And what, how how would you like to be a big business? Let's say doing a hundred million dollars worth of business with this company a month. Well, you're going to have to go out and what borrow $600 million in anticipation of not being paid for six months. And I said, well, thanks for the heads up. I mean, are you sure you want me to get up and speak? I mean, after this, he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, there's probably not going to be very many happy faces in the room. And that's why I wanted to give you a heads up. And he said, I, I, if there's any way you can take the sting out of it. So vendor financing is when companies move from paying their bills in 15 days or 30 days to 60 days to 90 days. And now the latest thing going around is to pay in six months. I happen to think it's horrible. I think it's wrong. I think it's unjustifiable. I would never do basis. I would do business with anybody on that basis. Um, but, you know, when you pull the rug out from somebody, I mean, how can they feel good about you going forward? Now, why, why, do, why do people do it? Because, um, you know, they want to have that money for six months. And that's why it's called vendor financing. Basically, your vendors are financing the operation of your business. So number one, negotiate. Negotiate hard, but negotiate fairly. Pay on time. Never pull the rug out from anyone. I mean, at the 11th hour. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to go to six-month vendor financing, which is deplorable, at least give people a year or two years notice. Number four, share information. And um, share information with your vendors and suppliers. This will lead them to share information with you. They'll become your cheerleader. Number five, include them in strategy sessions. And I first became aware of this um, doing the research actually for Think Big, Act Small. And uh, Sonic Drive-In was the first place where I found it. And they had had, they had grown double digits every year for like 25 years. Uh, Cliff Hudson was just a remarkable CEO of that organization. And uh, he's the guy that doesn't have an office. Uh, he works at the reception desk uh, on the top floor of the company. So you get off the elevator, you're dealing with him. A uh, remarkable guy. And uh, I said, what if you have to go behind closed doors? He said, you know, when public companies have to go behind closed doors, that's when they get in trouble. He said, I'm just happy sitting right here at the former receptionist desk. And um, they involve their large vendors in all of their strategy sessions. They say, come to our strategy session. We're with you. I mean, we're locked at the hip with you. You're part of us. So come, know where we are, know where we're going, and you get the ability to help us get there. So include them in your strategy sessions. And number six, and I think it's good we're here. And, um, and some people are going to vehemently disagree with this. But... Keep the relationship strictly professional so you are not personally beholden to anyone. Uh, at most companies, the day and age of uh, free tickets to a ball game, free concert tickets, free bottles of booze, uh, taking people out for plush dinners they wouldn't buy for themselves, that stuff is history. Uh, that stuff has, has got no place in business today, none, none, none whatsoever. And so uh, there are the six. If you want to take a minute and review those and ask any questions, I, I'm ready. So as you started off telling the story about Australia and those experiences, it made me think about where we're at today with so many different channels of distribution, so many options. The, uh, you know, I, I like to say the, the world is flat. I mean, right. We have shrunk everything up so quickly. Um, and there used to be a saying in a local, you know, in small towns, you don't burn bridges because you can see the smoke for miles. 
And in this day and age, in the world in which we live, it's true on a global perspective. You yep. don't burn bridges because you can see the smoke for miles. And this, you know, burning somebody is and, and laughing about it is going to put you out of business. Yep. Uh, especially yep. now because we live in a transparent world. So yep. that was my, my first observation. Second is, oh man, early on, you, you made a statement as we were recording podcasts early in the first dozen or so episodes. Years you know, ago, right? Years, <laughs> yeah, ago. years ago. It went something, well, I, I, I take my way, myself away from the time because I'm not going to get this right and I'm hoping you're, you're going to be able to give the correct quote. But it was something to the effect of secrets are the currency of the underperforming. Yeah, uh, pe- people who have bring no value to the organization uh, and uh, uh, the only thing they have are their secrets. And so yes. you have to root out the secret keepers. So when you talk about sharing information, including your vendors and strategy sessions, uh, you know, being transparent, even your conversation with the the car purchase, yes. uh, that was a level of transparency. Uh, yeah. It would have been easy for the car dealer to say, no, that's a secret. I'm not going to share with you. And you could you would have just walked out. They would have and lost I would have walked out the door. There's lots of dealerships selling that sports car. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. So. Um, those were my observations just to bring it full circle, connect the dots that these, there's a lot in common with our conversations. Okay. Absolutely. Do you want to quickly review the six? Sure. So negotiate prices that allow everyone to be profitable, all part, all parties involved. Be sure you pay on time. Never pull the rug out from anyone, i.e. the smoke can be seen for miles. Share information include your vendors and suppliers in your strategy sessions. They're a partner to you. And then keep the relationship strictly professional. This is a new age and a new time in business. And it is important that you keep everything transparent on the up and up and uh, keep the relationship strictly professional. Best way to say it. And I guess my thought is, if somebody's listening and saying, oh my God, I know our vendors and suppliers. I'm not going to share anything. Guess what? You got the either either you're the problem or you got the wrong vendors and suppliers. I mean, it's 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 a new world and it's a world of transparency. So uh, I hope people find that helpful. Any closing words for us? Did I tell you I don't want to ever become a doddering little old man? But did I tell you during the last episode about the penne penne and fettuccine upcharge? No. Okay. All right. So I got to tell you this. I had made a note to do it uh, last week and I didn't, I, I, I guess we ran out of time or I felt it wasn't appropriate. So here I am a few weeks ago, staying at a five-star hotel uh, in Detroit. And uh, there aren't a lot of five-star hotels in Detroit, so you can probably figure out where it is. It's actually in Birmingham, a very Tony suburb right outside town. And I was there for several nights. And uh, so the first night, uh, and I, I don't go to restaurants or bars ever. I mean, I, I have something alone in my room. And uh, I just, uh, I, I want to be great the next day. So the night I got there, and I very seldom eat pasta uh, at night. I'm generally a piece of protein and a veggie kind of guy. But uh, I saw on the menu that they had some uh, penny pasta. And so I called down and I said, um, I'm not a big fan of penne do you have any other pasta besides penne? And they said, no, uh, we don't sell a lot of pasta here, so we've, uh, uh, we've only got penne. I said, fine, you know what? I'm going to make an exception, and I'm going to have it tonight. So had penne pasta. So 
Uh, the next night was the night before my big appearance. And so it was fish or chicken or something. I can't recall. And then the third night I had already performed. I was on all day and I thought, you know what? I could go for some pasta tonight again. I'd never do this two nights out of three, but I, I could go for some. So I called room service and I said, uh, same guy. And I said, hi, I'm the guy who had penne a couple of days ago. And it's not my favorite pot. Are you sure you don't have any other pasta? He said, nope. As I told you, we don't sell a whole lot of pasta. He said, uh, so it's, it's penny or nothing. And I said, okay. So uh, penne with some bolognese sauce and, uh, and a salad, and I'm good. So five minutes later, the phone rings. And I said, hello. And it's the guy from room service. And he said, I found some fettuccine. And I said, wow. He said, would you prefer fettuccine to the penne? And I said, yeah, I really, really would. Thanks very much. And I was, I, I was just, I was jazz man. And uh, so the meal comes, and unfortunately, the, the fettuccine probably was not even as good as the pede, but I was glad the guy had done that. So now the next morning, I'm checking out. And so I have learned over the years to uh, really carefully check out the bill. I don't want to slow down the line, but I know you're going to get nickel and dime to death. So I'm looking at my room service charge the night before. And there were two of us, and there were two $10 upcharges. And I said to the person at the front desk, I said, what, what is this $10 or two $10 upcharges? And uh, she said, I don't know. She said, I'll, I'll have to contact the kitchen to find out. So she gets on the phone, and she comes back, and she said, oh, that's the price difference between penne and fettuccine. If you go to fettuccine, there's a $10 upcharge. That's laughable. Okay. I, you know, I can't make this stuff up, right? Can't make no. this stuff up. So I'm standing right there in the lobby and I'm on my phone. And I said, so I Google prices of pasta. So I, I, I Google price of penny and immediately a few boxes of burrito pat, uh, uh, penny pasta show for like uh, two forty nine or three fifteen or something. And then I do the same thing with fettuccine. Well, the fettuccine is actually cheaper. I mean, I was livid. I was livid. So um, anyway, they're out there. They're nickel diming you and they're bad business people. And you should probably choose not to do business. And I would never return to that hotel as long as I live. And if you if you own a business, <laughs> that's insanity. And it, they should have let you know on the phone call. So if you own a business, it's an opportunity for transparency, tying it back into our yeah. conversation today. Yeah. Share the information. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that long, ridiculous. How long remember the two $10 upcharges for fettuccine as opposed to penne pasta? Dale, exactly. I have really, I have really enjoyed being with you for this one. We could chase that rabbit for a long ways. Okay. It has been, it's been good. The content on this one was great. Be sure that you negotiate prices that are profitable to everyone. Pay on time. Don't pull the rug out from anyone. Share the information. Include folks in your strategy session and keep the relationship strictly professional. And before you order penne or fettuccine at your next hotel for room service, be sure uh, and ask if there's enough charge. Uh, uh, there's your valuable tip for the day. I'll let folks it. know that they can subscribe in the iTunes store or at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes to receive the latest episode of the game change uh, of the game changers with jason jennings also jason would love to hear from you his email address you don't hear this very often but his email address not from jason but overall if you've got somebody uh who's 
got eight books on the New York Times bestseller list. They're not willingly giving out their email address, asking for you to contact them, ask questions, share your stories. It is Jason at Jason-Jennings.com. Jason at Jason-Jennings.com. You'd love to hear from them, right? I would love to hear, and I'm actually in a pretty good spot. I always get back to everybody. Sometimes it's a few days, uh, but uh, I'm, uh, I've done a great job of uh, clearing out the inbox. Awesome. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com. Dot com.